Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Scattered Saints podcast. My oh, yeah. name is Josh, and we are joined by our online pastor, DeAndre. Yes, sir. Hey, guys, get ready for an amazing message by Pastor Jeremy today, all about Thanksgiving worship. Oh, it's good. That's going to be amazing. I'm excited. Are you excited, Josh? So excited. Guys, turn up your volume, get ready to listen to an awesome message, and we'll see you at the end. Welcome to church on this wonderful Thanksgiving Sunday. I'm so glad that you're here joining with us. If you have a Bible, I want to go back into our series of Reboot. We're going to keep talking about worship, but turn in your Bible to Psalm 116. And I want to read this chapter to you because I believe that God wants to turn our hearts and show us something about worship and gratitude today. In Psalm 116, it says this. It says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy, because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me, and the terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow, but then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death and my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on the earth. I believed in you, so I said, I'm deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety, I cried out to you. These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all that he's done for me? I'll lift up the cup of salvation and, pray, and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O oh Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I'm your servant born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that your word, it speaks life, it speaks truth. It's amazing. It does incredible things when we take it into our heart and into our lives and we begin to let it change us and we set our eyes on Jesus. So I thank you for your word today and I pray that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I just start off today by saying, it's never a bad day to be thankful or give gratitude towards a God who loves you and gave himself for you. This is what the writer of this psalm is talking about, that God is good, he hears, he's kind, he's merciful, and this never changes. It's fundamental to the character of God, it's in him, it's who he is, it's what he puts out towards us. And the problem for a lot of us is, is that our life doesn't always feel like the character of God are these things. Sometimes we struggle to believe that he's good. Sometimes we struggle to see his kindness, his mercy, but this stuff never changes. God is never changing, but yet often through our circumstances and situations of life, our gratitude, our thankfulness, our response to him needs to be redirected or shifted towards the truth about who God is. Uh, gratitude and thanks are kind of a funny thing. I mean, because often we focus on the one thing that we lack and we forget about all the things that we have. 
And this is, uh, can go for anyone. You could have the biggest house. You could have the nicest things. You could have all of this stuff. And, and, and there's this one thing that has not been able to come into your grasp or you've been able to go after. And it almost discourages you. It displaces you. We can uh, live out our days and, uh, you know, I could uh, buy my kids everything and anything they could ever want and they could have new shoes, new pants, new shirts, uh, a new hat, uh, and, and, and then they say, but I don't have a new jacket. And, and sometimes this lack of thankfulness or gratitude just comes out of an immaturity, but sometimes uh, we get very stuck on the things that we see as negative, the things that we see as difficult. And we struggle. But this is human nature. And human nature needs to be shifted towards a place of thanksgiving and gratitude. Towards how good God has been towards us first. You see, the psalmist wrote this. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. It's amazing how sometimes we kind of have this posture and attitude of, well, I will respond in a right way or I will respond in a healthy way when I feel it, when I understand, when someone does something for me, I'll do something for them. And, and this is kind of this back and forth. And at first I thought this is really weird. Is that only the reason you love the Lord? Uh, because he hears your voice, he hears your prayer? No, no, no. This person knew what God had already done for them. You see, I remember when my daughter was really little that... Uh, she wanted to have a tea party and we set up all the animals and she was ready to have a tea party. And I kind of moved some things around so I could sit across from her. And she says, no, no, you need to sit over here. And I said, no, I want to sit across from you so I can see your face and so I can look at you. And at three years old, my daughter says, daddy, if you love me, you will do what I want. And isn't that sometimes the way we treat God? God has already done so much for us. And we're going to talk about that. But a lot of times our difficulty with gratitude and thankfulness is because we say, God, uh, I'll show more of that if I get more of what I want, but it doesn't always work that way. When we talk about offering ourselves in worship to God, when we uh, talk about presenting our lives as a living sacrifice, Romans 12.1, we talked about that last week. We talk about giving ourselves to a place where we can be with God and we can become who he's called us to be. But I think what we need to remember in light of all of that is sometimes when we understand fully, when we keep our focus on what God has already done through Jesus, we would have an easier time being thankful and grateful. We'll never be able to fully respond to God in worship with thankfulness and gratitude until we remember what he has done. The writer of Psalm 116 said things like this, that death had wrapped its ropes around me. Terrors of the grave overtook me. I only saw trouble and sorrow. But it says, when I called on the name of the Lord, he was kind, he was good, he was merciful. It says that I can rest because I was facing death and he saved me. And if you don't understand how good God is, we need to get back to the picture of the cross where we see that there is a God who loves us and gave himself for us. That he took our place, our punishment, so we could have life in him. 
And when we get our eyes and our focus back on that, when we realize that spiritually we were dead, but because of Jesus, we can find life, we can lean into his grace, we can experience the goodness of salvation, even when we don't experience the goodness in life in our natural circumstances, we have something to be thankful for. We have a God who wants to wipe our tears, keep our feet from stumbling. He wants to call us close. But when we don't understand or when we forget what he did for us on the cross, it's easy to let all the other stuff creep in and, and cause this angst in us because God isn't responding to how we feel. We might not feel like he's kind. We might not feel these things in the moment. And we ask ourselves this question, what if I don't feel it anymore? What if life hasn't been easy? How can I still respond to God? What can I offer to Him? How am I supposed to be thankful in the midst of all of these things? Well, what I want us to know today is this, that God is still the same whether we feel like He's hearing us or responding. He's still the same. He hasn't gone away. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. But for some reason in his sovereignty in moments and times, our circumstance and our life doesn't change. But that doesn't change the fact that what Jesus already established through the cross, your salvation, the grace of God offered to you through a relationship with Jesus, that does not change. Another thing is, is that Knowing who God is in spite of our feelings will shape our response towards God. Sometimes we have to not only know what our feelings are telling us, not only know what life is telling us, but we actually have to pick up the book and we have to take the word of God and say, what is this telling me about who God is and what he wants to do in my life? Because as we begin to know God more and more, as we learn to be with him and he speaks to us and we get in his word and that changes us, it will actually shape a different response towards God, no matter what the circumstance or the season. Another thing I want us to know is that we are the only ones who can decide for ourselves how we will respond to Jesus. I can't decide for you how you'll respond to Jesus. You cannot decide for me how I'm going to respond to Jesus in whatever it is we have to face in this life. We are the ones responsible for our response towards God. But I think this trickles a little bit deeper into not only our individual lives, but into the lives of our churches and us as believers. Because when we understand the grace of God, when we start to learn about how significant it is that Jesus made a way for us when there was no way, that Jesus loves us no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, that we can come to him, that he can forgive our sins, and he wants to lead us and walk with us one step at a time till we ultimately see him and we spend eternity with him. This is how much he cares that he would come into a fallen, broken world, live among us, be like us, experience what we experience, and then say, I'm going to keep walking with you. When we feel that, when we experience it, some of you maybe don't know what this is like yet, but when you encounter God, the freedom and the grace that comes through Jesus, when you encounter that, 
it actually invokes a response within us. It, it, it makes you want to say, I want to show God that I love him. You see, you could have been in church your whole life and you're told, do the right thing because it's the right thing. Do this, do that, because this is right and this is wrong. But actually, when you respond out of a love relationship, it's a lot easier to change behavior or become who you're called to be because there is a reciprocation of relationship. When you're just doing something to jump through hoops or do the right things, it gets old really quick. But when you experience and encounter the love of God, there's a part of you that says, well, how can I show God my love for Him? And possibly one of the most important questions we can ever ask in any relationship is this, what can I do for you? This works in a friendship. This works among siblings. This works with your spouse. This works with your parents. That in moments of stress or different times, a response of love that says, what can I do for you to help you, to walk alongside you, to show you that I love you? It's a powerful question because when it takes the focus off me and myself and what I need and what I want, and we say, what can I do for you? And I can be about others and their well-being. It starts this transaction of mutual love and grace and respect that actually brings life in a relationship. And I believe that this was the question God asked when he looked at humanity, broken and far from him, in his heart and in his mind, he says, what can I do for my people that are made in my image, created by me, so they can come close to me again? And he didn't just ask the question. He sent Jesus. And so the writer of this psalm comes up with a thought. It's like, okay, God, if you have been so good, if you've been so gracious in my life, he dares to ask this question, what can I offer the Lord for all that he's done for me? Like to think we could ever outgive God, to think we could ever outserve how God served humanity, to think that we could ever do something that would even compare to what he has done by sending Jesus, it's absurd. But Psalm 116 verse 12 says this, What can I offer the Lord for all that he's done for me? If you're like me, you probably ask the question at times, do I even have anything worth offering to God? Should I even bother? How can me offering anything to God actually begin to come close to what he's done for me? But what I want us to look at today when we understand when we lean into this idea that God loves us so much that he gave himself for us that he doesn't change in spite of our feelings that we're the only ones that can respond and so we need to be with God and know who he is so we can shift our focus to the good things that he has done I actually believe that we can look where the psalmist started because it gives us a place to start and when they asked what can I offer the Lord for all that he's done for me. I think there's actually three things that I want us to do or I want us to learn or believe that we can do that actually brings worship and glory and honor to God with a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. 
See, as we offer ourselves to God in worship, there is a response. And, and the three things that were outlined in this psalm that really stuck out to me were this. The first thing I think we can offer to God and that we can choose as a heart response is we can hold high salvation. We can hold high the cup of salvation. In Psalm 116, 13a, it says, I will lift up the cup of salvation. If you've ever been to a wedding and had to give a toast or you've been in a room or a celebration and you were supposed to make a toast, what happens? You raise a glass to bring honor, to bring praise, to bring recognition, to uh, just highlight somebody and their achievement and what they've done and to just speak well of them. And what the psalmist is saying here is like, I'm going to hold salvation high. I'm going to actually make a toast that when people hear me talk, when they talk about my relationship with Jesus, I actually hold it in such a high place. I speak with honor and praise and adoration and grace to what God has done in my life. And I tell you, this isn't easy to do at all seasons of your life. But there will come moments in time where when you begin to do that and you say, God, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you for coming to save me. I thank you for working in my life. I thank you for taking my sin and my shame. And we actually kind of raise a toast and say, God, I'm just here to honor you and worship you and thank you for what you've done. It will change the thoughts of your heart and your mind towards gratitude. Because all of the other stuff will end and go away one day, but... That relationship with Jesus leads us into eternity. And we must constantly position our thoughts and our hearts towards the goodness and grace of God above everything else we face in this life. This is hard work, but it will help us respond in every season and situation. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ, so it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God. We're going to have to live by faith. We're going to have to live through some things in this fleshly body on this side of heaven. We're going to face some things in this fallen world, but we're living by faith and trust in Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. And so I don't set aside the grace of God. I don't forget it too easily. I actually, I raise a glass. I, I toast who Jesus is. I honor and praise and speak of the goodness of God in my life because that's what gives me a right heart, a right attitude, and a right response to who he is. So we can all hold salvation high. If you have a relationship with Jesus, I challenge you to remember what it means. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the Bible says if you believe, with your, uh, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you can be saved, that you can surrender your heart and life to Jesus and receive his free gift of grace, and you will have an opportunity at the end of this today to surrender your life to Jesus. But another thing we can do when we are responding to God in worship, I think we just need to get in our hearts and our minds that it's okay and we should all be able to say something about who Jesus is and what he's done in our life. So not only do we hold in high honor the grace of God, salvation in our life, we keep our mind and our focus on that, but we actually can say something about who Jesus is and what he's done in our life. 
in Psalm 116, the latter half of verse 13, it says, and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I'll hold high the cup of salvation, but I'll praise his name for saving me. It means I will put it in my mouth. I will speak about who Jesus is. I will speak about what God has done in my life. And some of us think this is ridiculous. This is for pastors. This is for teachers. This is for people who uh, are good at this. No, this is for everybody who has a relationship with Jesus. Because we all talk about the things we're excited about. If something has come into our life, and it might just be something as simple as like the slap chop or some sort of thing that we saw when we were watching TV too late at night, and it changed how we did something in life. When something changes you, you talk about it. When something is important to you, you talk about it. I can tell what you're passionate about by the prevailing thoughts of your conver- the, the prevailing uh, dialogue of your conversations. It reveals parts of our heart. And when Jesus has done something in us, actually one of the best ways we can offer our lives and worship to him is actually openly talk about how great he is and what he's done in our life. We might think that people around us don't want to hear about what God's done in our lives, but guess what? They need to hear what God's done in our lives because they need to hear and see the encounters and experiences that disciples have had with Jesus so they can actually believe they can have their own encounter and experience with Jesus and start following him one step at a time. But often we shy away from this, but we shouldn't. Because Jesus wants to use your story and my story and how we've encountered him to show other people that he wants to encounter their lives as well. Romans 1.16 says this, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. We can't be ashamed of the gospel It's good news that Jesus came and he saved us and he's done something great in our lives. And this is something to give praise towards. This is something to talk about. This is something to be thankful for. And it's something that we can offer back to God in response saying, God, I'm going to honor what you've done in my life, but I'm going to talk about it because other people need to know how good you are. But the last thing I really believe that we can do Because I believe every believer, every person, everyone who comes to Jesus and starts walking with him and following him has something to offer to God. The third thing I believe and what I want us to do is I want us to connect our lives to God's purpose and to his people. In Psalm 116 verse 14, it says, I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Verse 18, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. See, what Jesus does in us and through us is never complete without his people. And I'm a firm believer in this. If you're watching online, I'm so glad that you were able to encounter Jesus this way. But you need a community and you need people and and we have pastors that are willing to reach out to you and talk to you so you can grow and mature in what it means to follow Jesus. 
as we come together in buildings and other places or groups, what we need is to be connected into the people of God, the body of Christ as the Bible describes it, because even though every single one of us is loved and valued and important and there is a purpose for our lives, that purpose is connected to God's purpose for his people and his church as a whole. Because Jesus is building a church. He's coming back for a church, a people who encounter him, who worship him, who experience him, and actually who move and talk about and show other people that God wants them to come and be invited in and experience him for themselves. I believe this is at the center of God's heart, a people built on and connected by what Jesus has done for them. So as we worship, as we're thankful today, as we're grateful, when was the last time you set aside some time to say, God, help me experience and remember what it was like to know that if I surrender my life to you, I give you my sin, I give you my shame, I give you my everything, and you said, I'll take it all and I'll walk with you and I'll love you and I'll be in relationship with you? When was the last time we thought about the things we're going through and said, God, how can I respond in worship towards you? Because no matter what's going on, you're still good and you're still worthy of thanks and gratitude and praise. So I challenge you today. Be thankful. Be grateful. Hold salvation in a high place of honor in your life, in your heart, in your home. Start talking about who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. Tell your story because it will mean something to someone else. But get connected. Get connected to God's people, to his community, to what he's doing. Because we aren't lone islands. We aren't supposed to be isolated. We're actually supposed to be a part of God's purpose that goes so far beyond us as individuals. And we get to carry the hope and life of Jesus to other people around us. God, I just pray right now for every person that as we're thankful and we're grateful on this Thanksgiving Sunday, God, help us realign our hearts. Help us see where you've been working and where you've been moving so we can truly know how good you are. Hey there, and welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to the Scattered Saints podcast today. DeAndre, yes. what can they do next? Come on, guys. Hey, you can go to scatteredsaints.ca. That's right. Click the connect button, or if you gave your life to Christ today, you click that button right there, and we will contact you personally. Or you can text Jesus to 587 4002010 and we will uh, connect with you personally there. That's that's what they can do, man. Yeah. Hey, that's right. Text that number or go to scatteredsaints.ca to find out more. We'll see you guys next week. Yep.